0: Rosenberger, this is Hope for the Caregiver. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. For those of you who are putting yourself voluntarily, often daily, often hourly, between a vulnerable loved one and even worse disaster, how are you holding up? How are you doing? You may be taking care of an aging parent who is declining quickly and close to going home may be taking care of a special needs child who has relentless challenges and it's wearing you down. You may have an addict or an alcoholic in your family who keeps promising to stop drinking and keep failing. They ask you for money. You get a call that they've been arrested or they've been in an accident or something's happened. You may have somebody in your life who is dealing with trauma and the aftermath of it, chronic pain. You may have somebody in your life who has a mental illness and it's just wearing you down. This is the show for you and we're glad that you're here 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840. Did you know that there are more than 65 million of us here in America alone that are doing this? And to my knowledge, I'm the only one that really brings the alcoholic addict component to the caregiver conversation on any kind of national platform. And, And when you add in those numbers, we're talking a vast amount of people who are in a relationship with someone who has a chronic impairment. And it's the, t- the time is even greater now. And as we go into this fall and, and winter season here, it, the, the, the pressures become even greater. The, 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 the holidays bring nostalgia, which also brings all kinds of drama for, for a lot of people. The, the, the cold winter months in many places cause a lot of claustrophobic feelings and it is a it's a difficult journey when you are in a relationship with someone with a chronic impairment well, I, i've maintained this for a long time with chronic pain for example and I, I don't know how many of you all live with somebody in chronic pain i do um, gracie's wreck was 38 years ago she's not known a day without it since And when you have somebody in chronic pain, I mean serious chronic pain, not a twitch when the weather changes. I'm talking about pain. When you have somebody like that in your life, particularly if if you're a spouse, you've got to understand that chronic pain is its own entity in the relationship. And sometimes you're listening to the pain, and sometimes you're listening to the coping mechanism for the pain, and you've got to tune your ears so that you can hear the person. You know, there's a, there's a Psalm, Psalm 118, 5 through 6. Let me just go with verse 5. Out of my distress, I called, upon, I called on the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. Out of my distress, I called on the Lord, and the Lord answered me and set me free. And that's a hard scripture for a lot of people because a lot of people aren't free. And they call, but they don't understand what is the freedom that he is bringing us to. That he is, when he says he's taking us to a large place in in, in some translations in scripture, what, what does that mean when you're dealing with these chronic impairments? When your body is in bondage. Can your spirit be free? And the, the approach that I take on this program is not to talk about caregiving. We will swerve into it. We'll, we'll, we'll hit things. I mean, I have people call about stuff with insurance and finances and all kinds of stuff, and we'll do it. But the principles that we deal with on this show will guide us in those places But we're not trying to fix the problem of of dealing with an insurance company, because I don't believe that that's where most caregivers live continually. If you have good health insurance and money is not an issue, you're still going to have stress as a caregiver. Now, I won't deny the reality that having financial independence and freedom, if you will, does bring help to the situation, but it is not the answer. Caregivers live in this, in what I call the fog of caregivers, fear, obligation, and guilt. And it it, it can absolutely envelop you, and, and you, you'll be driving along and you'll head right off a cliff and you won't know it until it's too late. And we live there, no matter how much money we have or don't have. I knew a couple in when we lived back in Tennessee in Nashville very wealthy people. Money was not an object for these people. And this gentleman had a had a pretty bad event and he was declining rapidly and his wife was struggling because she felt guilty and she felt like she had to do everything for him. And I pulled her aside and I said, no, you don't. You don't need to feel guilty about this. You have the resources to have people help you. I remember a reporter once asked me in an interview, what would Jesus do as a caregiver? It wasn't a Christian interview. I don't remember all the details, but I just remember that question stuck out. It said, what would Jesus do as a caregiver? And I said, I don't know what he would do. Let me tell you what he did do. And he told John to take care of his mother from the cross. He delegated from the cross. And if Jesus could delegate, guess what? I can too. This guilt that that just rips our souls apart, that somehow this is all up to us and we feel guilty if we just want to take a break. If we don't go visit them every single day. And if you're trying to, by the way, cram for the relationship at the last bit, you've missed the point. And it's really okay to start living today as if today is the last day. Don't wait until you're on a deathbed before you got to go through the inventory to make sure we're all okay. I know too many people that are doing that. It's okay to live today. Today. And if you've got things to say, say them today. If you've got things to unsay, unsay them today. But don't try to cram it all in when there's some kind of event. Because then you're going to torture yourself with guilt and so forth and, and that obligation. And that obligation leads to resentment. You've heard me say this many times, those of you who listen to the show regularly. The battle is not in the task of caregiving. It's not, it's not, it's not. The battle is in the heart from the core out. The the problem is for us as caregivers is that we get wrapped up into this scenario and we can't hear very well. And we need to have this message with clarity spoken right down to those places for us. So that's why I bring up hymns, that's why I bring up scriptures, that's why I bring up all these things because that's where we live is in those very, very... Secret places in her heart. And that brings me to this hymn today. And if you know this hymn, I think I'd squeeze it in before the break. I don't know if I can do that or not. Um, I'll give you a little taste of it. That one, 888 589 I got it in just before the break. I'll play a little bit more of it in the next segment. That hymn became a staple for me every time I play for a funeral, and I'll tell you the backstory of that, of why I started playing that. 888 589 589 8840. The battle is not in the task. I can't say it strong enough. The battle's in our core, in our hearts.
1: All for the sake of the gospel. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International, and let me tell you about Jaime. He's an itinerant pastor in Ecuador in Latin America. He'll travel days by foot, boat, and mule. He's been beaten by warlocks. He's been robbed of everything in his possession, and he suffered broken bones after falling sixty feet in the Andes Mountains. Now, what awaits him at the end of each trip? It's a thriving congregation of more than a hundred believers where Christianity is fiercely opposed. And when I share Jaime's story and how he serves for the sake of the gospel, I recall Isaiah. Is 6 8 whom shall I send who will go and I believe this man is admirably answering that call and enduring more than most pastors ever will and like others in the world where Bibles are desperately needed Jaime is humbly asking us to send God's word Bible League invites you to send a Bible for only five dollars every gift match regardless of size call 800 yes word 800 s w o r d or click send biblesnow.org that's send Hey, this is Phil Wickham. I believe that
2: with God, all things are possible, even freedom from addiction. I
3: ended up going on this drinking bench, and that was it. Just me, liquor, and I was in the lowest of points. Just unhealthy, no hygiene. Just looked sick, depressed, sad. I came to a decision of, I can do this for a little bit longer and die, or I can get help. And... Since I've been to Teen Challenge, I don't worry about drinking. That part of my life is over. I'm building
2: a relationship with Jesus and learning a whole new way of living. For more than 60 years, Adult and Teen Challenge has been helping people find a new life in Jesus Christ. And there are centers across the country waiting to help at 855-END-ADDICTION or teenchallengeusa.org. You're listening to American Family Radio.
0: I can't, I can't, um, I can't listen to that song without getting emotional. I remember the first time I heard it, and I, I it, it transformed me. It stuck with me. It just, it, you know, somehow songs do that. That's why I play a lot of music on this program. And that's Gary Chapman Treasure, and I love that song. And uh, thank you for indulging me on that. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger, 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. This hymn that I played, I, the first time, (coughs) excuse me, the first time I played this as a piano solo was at the funeral of my uncle back in the 80s. And he had, um, he had a very, very difficult journey with a, a tough disease called neurofibromatosis. He, and his wife his young wife they were and look back at at the time i was just i was young so they looked you know older to me but they i'm i'm far older now than he was when he died and my aunt and my two small cousins at the time they've grown up and they're wonderful young ladies they endured this brutal journey and that was the first caregiver experience that I had was watching my aunt do this the, up close and personal. And I think it was my uncle that asked me to play this, but I'm not sure. I, I don't remember. I'm sorry. I don't remember who is exactly asked me to play this at the funeral, but I did. And it's become a staple now for me. Pretty much every funeral that I have played, when I do prelude music and things such as that, I will play this song. Often as the family comes in. Whether they request it or not, I do it. Because I think it's an important message for all of us to have that perspective. And there's a there's a in the second verse is what I particularly like. And you'll have to pardon me if I get emotional with this. I heard about his healing, of his cleansing power revealing. How he made the lame to walk again. And he caused the blind to see. And then I cried, Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. That, you know, made the lame to walk again caused the blind to see, and then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit him, 888-589-8840, 888-589-8840, and I love that because I think this is where we are as caregivers. We're at that point where we've heard about these things, and then do we cry, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. Is your spirit broken today? Is your spirit broken today? And I know in an audience this large that there are a lot of broken spirits. And I know that that there are those of you who are listening even now and big tears are filling your eyes because your spirit's broken. Psalm 118, out of my distress, I called on the Lord and the Lord answered me and set me free. And there's a level of freedom that we can walk in as believers that defies what we deal with every day in the flesh. There is a level of freedom, of understanding, of perspective that defies this. One of the things I, I admire so much about my wife her her body is broken, and it's not going to get unbroken until Jesus restores all of this. But her spirit's not broken. She's weary, she's tired, and there are a lot of, a lot of tears and a lot of sorrow and heartache that she carries. But her spirit's not broken. Now, why is that? None of us are immune from the horrific things in this life, in this broken world that is groaning in anticipation of the full redemption that is coming. All creation is groaning over this. The Holy Spirit groans on our behalf of this. There is the now and the not yet. Is your spirit groaning? And if you are a caregiver, and if you've been doing it for more than just a passing moment, I would suggest to you that you are groaning. And maybe nobody's paid attention to you in a way that was meaningful to you, that you could understand. Maybe nobody listened to you. Maybe you didn't even know how to express it. We don't know how to express these things. That's why the Holy Spirit does it on our behalf because we don't know. I don't even know what to pray half the time. And yet we hear these amazing proclamations through Scripture and, and through these hymns that I just love so much that help us gain that perspective of what's waiting for us and what's available to us now to sustain us as we wait. Let's go to, uh, see if we can squeeze it at all here at the, at the towards the bottom. Chuck in North Carolina. Chuck, good morning, how are you feeling?
4: I'm feeling good, I'm just so uh, thankful for your show. I'm not a,
0: I can't really call
4: myself a current caregiver but uh, been a caregiver in the past. Uh, my two sisters and I, you know, shared the responsibility with our parents, who have both gone on to be with the Lord. And uh, but I heard, I heard you play the song, and you know, I was riding along and just, you know, I knew it right off the bat. So I just had to call, and I had no idea I was going to get in.
0: <laughs> well, well, I'm glad you did, Chuck. What? Tell me what the song is.
4: It would be the one and only of uh, victory in Jesus.
0: Indeed, it is. And, um, and like I said, I started playing that at a funeral for my uncle. I'll never forget that. Mm-hmm. When, my, when my aunt and my little cousins came mm-hmm. into the church, and I was playing that at the front of the church, and I was playing it pretty much like I was just playing it here, mm-hmm. a little slower, but yeah. very deliberate, very, very intentional. Yeah. And they knew that. They knew that victory. They still do and yeah. that became an anthem for me to do when I am playing particularly you know and, and I, for for believers at funerals and I have yeah. played for some that were not and those are hard ones mm-hmm. but or at least I didn't know I didn't know but I knew I knew my uncle I knew my aunt I knew my cousins oh. and when I play that there's that perspective that there is victory there is victory that we hang on to, the promise of victory, and we got to walk that out, and it's painful. But uh, and I love that verse, and I and, and I said, "Dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit," and um, I just love that. So, Chuck, where are you heading to today?
4: Yeah, it's a powerful song. Uh, I just had to go get you know doing a little work on the farm today, and had to go get some stuff that I needed to do what I needed to do today. But I'd also uh, well, like to say i have a sister that uh her grandchild is a special needs child so there is some care you know uh caregiving going on in in the family and i actually passed on uh your program to her so uh, well, thank you. you know i know it would be a help um and uh i just really appreciate what you're doing
0: chuck i appreciate you and i appreciate those words and i appreciate you looking to your sister uh, and the needs that she's having with that grandchild because it can be a very very challenging thing for the whole family um, yeah. and so I, I thank you that you've trusted me enough with her pain and her her journey um, so yeah. thank you for that Chuck I really do appreciate it
4: yes sir well thank you all right buddy.
0: will you be safe and you be safe and go get go get your work what are you doing on the farm today
4: <laughs> well I'm doing you know fighting vegetation uh until the frost, so you know I'm doing a little mowing and a little trimming and uh, building a shelter and you know just uh, just forms.
0: Well, <laughs> I um I'm done with the mowing where we are. We're up in the Rockies <laughs> in Montana, and so I'm done with yeah, the I'll mowing. We had uh last week. We had I had three feet of snow on my deck. My oh, lord, good, and lord, it was uh, it drifted up. I mean, it was it was, but it's pretty much all gone now. And uh, hunting season starts out here today, and I'm watching. We live way up here in, in the forest, and I'm watching uh, uh-huh. down the, the 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 Forest Service road and going into the forest. Uh, uh-huh. I'm watching a parade of, of trucks going up there. So I, I I don't think they're going up there to yeah. farm, Chuck. I think they're going up there to to look for deer and elk. So um, well, we but,
4: we measure we measure our snow in inches, not feet. But um, that's, that's <laughs> uh, I know that's a fight.
0: <laughs> it it is. Uh, we got a little game. We got a little game out here in the winter. We play in Montana called "Am I Still on the Road?" And, and so it's uh, it gets yeah. it gets a little bit rough sometimes, Chuck. But rich, but I love it, and thing. I love this time of year. Um, we had a we had a thing in our town. I didn't get to go, and I really wanted to. It's called Hunter's Feed, and they all these different hunters put out a big thing. And everybody, it's a little tiny town we live in, and everybody yeah. walks around and you sample things that they've made with their. Uh, uh, game that they've hunted and so forth, and it's it's so it's a it's a great community, and I love a small town. Yeah. And uh, well, you go get your farmer done. I do have some fences I've uh, got to look at, and I may get to them today, uh, Chuck. And I'll be thinking about you while I'm doing it because I'll be I've got some barbed wire fences that I really don't want to get out and mess with as a pianist. I can tell you I don't want to use my hands mm-hmm. around barbed wire, but things have to be done, Chuck.
4: Make sure you wear some good gloves. <laughs>
0: I'll do it, buddy. All right, thanks so much for the call. I appreciate that. Victory in Jesus. And if you find this song meaningful to you, you know, the goal is not here to to, to, to stump everybody and figure out what the hymn is. The goal is for to remind you of what this hymn is. And if there's a special story for you about this, you know, I'd, I'd love to hear it. 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. I... Heard about his healing of his cleansing power revealing how he made the lame to walk again and caused the blind to see.
4: To sharpen the biblical worldview of Christians and to share the good news of Jesus Christ. That is the mission of the Christian Worldview radio program. I'm host David Wheaton, inviting you to join us this Saturday morning at nine Eastern, eight central, as we discuss all matters of life and faith from a decidedly biblical perspective. The Christian Worldview, Saturday mornings at 9 Eastern, 8 Central, right here on American Family Radio.
1: Hey, moms and dads, are you at your wit's end? Hi, this is Mark Gregston with Parenting Today's Teens. I'm so grateful for the partnership we have with American Family Radio. We share a common goal to bring hope to hurting families through the life-changing medium of radio. Be sure to listen Saturday afternoons at 430 Central on American Family Radio. Find help and hope for your family with Parenting Today's Teens. It gives an impetus to share your faith when you think you've got answers to objections that you expect people to bring up. The American Family Studios video series, Intro to God's Revelation, featuring Dr. Richard Howe, shows how God has revealed Himself in nature and His Word and how we can rightly understand what God has said. These truths are just the part and parcel of the Christian life. It isn't just for the professional clergy. Learn the fundamentals of how to approach and understand the Bible in an age of skepticism. This six-week video curriculum is perfect for your Sunday School class or study group and it can prepare you to give a defense of God's Word and how He speaks to us in nature. Knowing Whether and how God communicates is a safeguard against false claims about God communicating. Intro to God's Revelation, DVDs, and workbook are available for purchase at afastore.net or call 877-927-4917.
0: Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. How are you doing? How are you feeling? What's going on with you? 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. I want to give a shout out to a couple people. I got some beautiful notes in from the um, website. You can go out to hopeforthecaregiver.com and send a message in. Oh, sorry about that. Um, I talk with my hands. Send a message to me and um you could also see our podcast. Uh, everything that we have out there, Our podcast is free. We got, you know, well over five hundred episodes, and you can go out and download this, share it with other people. I've got some more features that I'll be putting out on the podcast soon. Um, <coughs> excuse me, but I got a, a beautiful note from a woman who is caring for her. Uh, she's been caring for thirty-five years for her special needs child, and how much the show meant to her. And I just wanted to thank her for for those comments and another fellow that was out weed eating. He was a weed whacking and uh, as we call it out here and, and working and listening on headphones and um, was very moved by the conversation with Geneva that I had last week uh, who had been married for 71 years and took care of her husband with Alzheimer's the last seven years. And it was, and if you want to hear that, you can go out there and listen to past episodes and, and, hear these uh, I I do something different on this show when I when I talk with callers because I'm not in a hurry for you all to to leave uh, I like I like I like callers uh, some people on shows they want to get get in and out real quick and I remember um, producers telling me you're different from other hosts because you're not in a hurry to get these folks off the air and I said well I'm not they're caregivers now some some callers I am in a hurry to get off the air because that's when they start preaching. And they're not caregivers and I have, you know, that's not the purpose of this show is to provide a platform for people to come in and just bloviate. The purpose is this show to find caregivers, people who don't get heard, don't get listened to, don't, um, don't even know how to communicate sometimes in their own voice. And I want them to share their heart, to share their story. And, and I, I love that. And so if those of you who listen to the show regularly can see that thread that goes on here, but it's about the family caregiver, period. That's what this is about. I, 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 again, I've said this over and over and over, and I'm going to keep saying it. I can't count how many people have asked about Gracie over the years, but I can count the ones that ask about me. And I bet you can as well as a caregiver. So that's why that's the, the guiding principle of this show, just a little inside baseball. But when I hear from these individuals that, that write me, and And share what the show means to them I, I i treasure those things I really do it it is a when you're when you're speaking and and I called and left both of them messages <laughs> and uh, I got their voicemail, but that's hopefully they got the message but i when I'm speaking you know i' I'm, I'm I'm here by myself in this room way up in the Rockies of montana, and I have you know no idea who was listening. And when I hear back from the individuals that are going about their day struggling with this or doing this or just living their day, it's very meaningful. And, and because as a, as a caregiver for low these many decades that I've been, there were times when I didn't think anybody was listening. I didn't think anybody saw me, much less listened. And, you know, and that's when these songs came out. These scriptures, out of my distress, I called on the Lord. And the Lord answered me and set me free. Psalm 118. And then this hymn today. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought the victory. And when I play this, I don't play it real, you know. You know, I don't do that. I mean, why would I do that? I don't even want to be around people that play it that way because this song doesn't mean that to me. It means a somberness, a respect for how much battle was involved to understand the victory. And that's why I play this at funerals a lot. Because there's a, there's a somberness to it. There's a, there's a soberness to it. There's a, there's a ceremony to saying this. If you go back and look at the when, when Japan surrendered on the deck of the, the Missouri, you know, the, there wasn't this everybody just dancing around and partying. There was a somberness to this. The battle was over. The victory had been won. And there was a, there was a somberness to it. Of, of reflecting this, so that it just seeps down into your soul, and that's 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 just the way I think about these things. So, uh, let's see. This is Linda, in Virginia. Linda, good morning. How are you feeling?
2: I'm doing okay today. Are you sure? Um. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, good days and bad days, but um.
0: Tell me so about your husband.
2: Well, well, he passed after a fight of over ten years. After a battle um, with Alzheimer's, he finally got his reward in September. And um, so now I'm still, you know, getting over, not getting over, getting through um, all that that entails. And uh, I've been listening and finding my mel- trying to work on finding my melody from a few weeks ago and um, all of these hymns have been really helping me through all of this but I have to tell you that victory in Jesus was a little surprised today because I um, at one point if somebody had talked about victory in Jesus, I would have felt it was a platitude and that, yeah, I know, eventually we'll have victory in Jesus. But as you played it today, it was like, no, we really do have victory in Jesus. That um, I mean, he's the one who's gotten me through. He's the one who got us through. He's provided everything we've needed. A, um, it really has been victory in Jesus, and because we had Jesus, and so that the attitude that you played that with um, just took me by surprise, and so I had to call
0: and just well, say yes. I'm glad you did, and and that's that's very moving, and this is why I do it because. If we slow it down a little bit and we realize the implications of what we're saying, we understand that we do. And there's a there's a great we don't diminish the journey um and how painful it is. We respect the journey. We respect the journey you had with your husband and Alzheimer's. That that is that is a traumatic event. There's a there's a line uh in the Chronicles of Narnia in the line The Witch in the Wardrobe where Edmund is uh, he betrayed him. He, he The white witch kind of seduced him, and he, right. he betrayed him. I don't know if you remember the story. And yeah. there's a scene where Lucy, his brother, is, is petitioning Aslan, the, the great lion who, who represents Christ. She said, oh, can, 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 can anything be done about this? Because the white witch laid claim to Edmund. And Aslan right. looked at her, and he said, all will be done. But it may be harder than you think. Mm. And I think this is where you stand, Linda, and I think we we as fellow caregivers are with you in this. It was we think. And the victory that comes is that's why I don't play it like I'm at a pep rally. You know, I play yeah. it with the sense of 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 reflection of just how traumatic it is and just how difficult the battlefield is. If it, was, you know, if it was easy, it would, it would diminish the value of it. And so when I've played that, every time I've played that hymn at a funeral, starting with my uncles, every time I've watched the faces of people listening, and they, and, and they're, you can, I can always tell the ones that get it on why I'm doing it, just like mm-hmm. you are right now. It took you by surprise, but the more you reflected on it, the more you're oh, my goodness. That's exactly what happened, and that's exactly, exactly what is happening. And all it, all I did was slow it down and play it a little, little differently, with the, you know, a little softer. But it mm-hmm. doesn't diminish the power of it because now, from from now on, Linda, every time you hear that, this is going to stick with you. I believe. Yeah. It does with me, I, and I will. think it will with others. I just got a text. For my friend Betsy, the moment she heard it, she just, boom, you know, and and it just hit her because that is, because it doesn't diminish the power of it. In fact, I think if you slow it down and have a little bit more respect for the battle, then you can appreciate the victory. But I don't think that a lot of us have respect for the trauma and the battle that we've gone through. You've took care of your husband. He dealt with Alzheimer's for, what, 10 years? Yeah, at least. That is trauma. That is trauma on a level that people just cannot process unless they've been there. And respecting the trauma helps us better embrace the victory. And we understand. And and we, we recognize, oh my goodness, this is exactly what's going on. So Linda, I I just I thank you for that. And I think I think I think I speak for pretty much the whole audience right now that we're all deeply moved by your your reflection on this. I got to ask you. Thanksgiving's coming up, Christmas coming up. Do you have um, what are you going to do to prepare yourself for this?
2: I'm going to have knee surgery. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, that'll do it.
2: <laughs> I'm What what take else? Something that I've been putting off.
0: Well, that I'm glad for I that. I myself. had knee surgery last last fall. And um, and I, I had to do it, and it, it's just got to be done. And you're right, you, yeah. you, And I'm glad you're doing this. Yeah, when's your I when's your to... knee surgery? The
2: day before Thanksgiving.
0: Oh, that'll be great. So you got to. Well, I I assume then you will not be preparing the dinner.
2: No. <laughs> well, prepared. Linda,
0: listen, we got to go to a break here. Thank you. Thank you for this precious call, and I treasure it, Linda. I really do, and I appreciate you very much. This is Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. We'll be right back with more of your calls. Hey, this is Peter Rosenberger. Have you ever helped somebody walk for the first time? I've had that privilege many times through our organization, Standing With Hope. When my wife, Gracie, gave up both of her legs following this horrible wreck that she had as a teenager, and she tried to save them for years, and it just wouldn't work out, and finally she relinquished them and thought, wow, this is it. I mean, I don't have any legs anymore. What can God do with that? And then she had this vision for using prosthetic limbs they go walking and leaping and praising God, you can be a part of that at standingwithhope.com. Here's Dr. Al Mohler from the American Family Studios documentary, The God Who Speaks. You know, you think about words
1: and whether or not they're important, and we realize we can't even have a conversation without words. What's really interesting is that we can't even think to ourselves uh, without words. We can't explain ourselves to ourselves without words. Now that's either an accident of evolutionary biology and development, or it is evidence of the fact that God made us in his image. Our claim about scripture is verbal inspiration. We believe that the Holy Spirit inspired the very words of scripture, and every word being fully inspired. And so here the Bible tells us that we are God's creatures, made in His image. And what distinguishes us from other creatures? Well, at least in part, the use of
0: words. Visit thegodwhospeaks.org. Welcome back to Hope for the Caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. This is the show for you as a family caregiver. How are you feeling? How are you doing? 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. Our hymn today was Victory in Jesus. And I play it a little bit different than probably most that you've ever heard it played by. And, and, and I do that intentionally. Um, this, is, this is a song that has deep meaning for me now for many, many years. And it started when I played this at my mom's brother's funeral. And from then on out, it changed the way I approached the song. And I really resist any version or performance thereof that does it um, differently. I just It doesn't do anything for me when I hear people plunk it out, you know. Um, uh, you know. And and there's a lot of gospel hymns that people play like that, and I'm not dismissing the 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 style of playing, uh, but but it's amazing. There are a lot of hymns that, that talk about getting out of here, uh, old gospel hymns. You know, just I'll fly away and mansion on a hilltop. When I heard mansion on a hilltop, the, you know what? The first thing I thought about. People say I got a mansion on a hilltop, you know, and it's a great song. I mean, I love it. People love it. You know, that as far as for what it is, but it's not. It doesn't really resonate with me in that sense, because I'm thinking, who's going to clean that mansion? <laughs> As a caregiver, that's the way I think. I mean, just, oh, I don't know that I want a mansion on the hilltop because who's going to clean this thing? And and, and I, I just don't live in that place where a lot of people do, where I just want to just escape out of here. And, you know, there's a lot of, if you'll notice, there's a lot of old gospel songs that just talk about getting out of here. And I appreciate that, but there are other songs that reflect me trusting God in this, that sustain me in it. And for that, that's that's where I'm drawn to. I have work to do. I have a disabled wife who needs me to have my head in the game, not to always be thinking about getting out of here. And so I look for songs that sustain me in this. And then I cry, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. That's why those songs mean something to me. This is Anna in Oklahoma City. Anna, good morning. How are you feeling?
3: I'm I'm doing okay.
0: Well, what's on your mind?
3: Well, um, I tuned in, just turned on I I usually listen to AFR and so I woke up and I thought turn on the radio and there you were. And uh, it's what you're talking about sort of resonates me, with me, but in a different way. At this particular time in my life, um, I'm, I'm a caregiver, I guess you would say, uh, to my uh, 13-year-old granddaughter. Her uh, father passed away, and, and her mom isn't in the picture. Uh, but before that, uh, I had a son who was in a very serious uh, automobile crash. A senior in high school, and uh, lived in constant pain after that. And two years ago, he passed away. Um, so when I when I think of myself as you know being a, a caregiver too, as I, you know as I tuned in, this is about caregiving, and I think for me it's it's difficult because I am. 79 years old, almost 80 years old, and uh, at this age, most people are the the one being taken care of, and God's given me a good health, and of course, I praise him for that, Um, but it is really a challenge uh, to meet the needs of a young person, especially when my own days as a young person were so drastically different, being raised up in the forties and fifties on a farm <laughs> we we had a crank telephone <laughs> on the wall it's just a whole a whole different ball game and the other day my grand my granddaughter and I were talking about some in, um, uh, interchange that we'd had, and I kind of realized I was acting like you know more in the pattern of of what my mom did and and it's it's um Anyway, it, it's just a challenge. And when I think about people caring for Alzheimer patients and um, people that are like my son who had the um, constant pain and also became addicted and coped with the medical system, oh, my word, it was just such an awful time. And I have some guilt because during that time he, he was married, um, and I, um, I, I, I just don't think I met all his emotional needs that possibly I could have. And um, so that's, you know, I'm I'm sure there's a lot of caregivers who struggle. Did, did we do what we could have, should have, and all that kind of thing. And so that's kind of what's on my mind this morning.
0: Well, you know, those are, those are very poignant thoughts that you're having because there are a lot of grandparents that are in this situation. And there is that drastic difference. I mean, you had a crank phone on a farm. I love that. And, and today, you know, we can't even figure out which bathrooms to use for kids. And, you know, and so it's, it's, a, it's a much different world. And you, I, can, I can tell that there's this underlying sense of you feel underqualified to be able to do this. But you're not, you're not, because, you know, your granddaughter, um, for whatever reason, is with you, and I think that's a marvelous thing. And I think that that you bring a wealth of insights. And I know you don't feel up to the task. I mean, you're you're almost eighty, and I know that it can be daunting. But I I hope that if anything, that you'll leave this program today feeling a little more bolstered up, realize that, wait a minute, you have a lifetime, you have a vast lifetime of experience to offer this young girl in a world that desperately needs it. One of of the things that kids today don't really have is this connection to anything other than the moment and their telephones. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can bring things to this young woman who, as she's grown up with all the confusion that is around her, you can speak with clarity to that you may not be able to keep up with her and go all the games and events and everything else that you would probably like to do if you're a little younger. But that doesn't mean that you can't speak with clarity into the unsettledness because I have a, I have a thought Anna, that I've been kicking around on this show for some time. And in my life, you know, the, the, the world is convinced that we as human beings are evolving in our character and I'm convinced that we're not. And Scripture seems to back that up, um, that we, are, we haven't invented any new sins. Billy Graham said that years ago. We've just invented better ways to do it. Uh, yeah. But we haven't invented any new sins. We're still the same flawed, sinful people, as the psalmist says. And, and sin, uh, we, I was conceived. We don't know any other way but to, to exist in our sin nature apart from Christ. And that is lost on today's youth. They, have, they don't even have, conce- have a concept of that precept. They, they they're, 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 they're keep thinking if we throw enough money at stuff, if we do this, if we do this, if we change our identity, if we do this, if we do this, we can be better people. And I'm saying, what, what makes you think that? What evidence do you have to support that? Because we have the, the breadth of, of, of scripture to show that no, you're not. And you have this life that you've lived, Anna, that reflects wisdom way beyond the pale of what this young girl can appreciate at this point. Okay. And, and so I, w- I, would, I would hope you won't sell yourself short and recognize that God, God has ordained this. He's, he's not caught by surprise on this. And you may not have everything that you think you want to have to her, but you have everything you need to offer to her. Yeah. And it's... she may not quite get it. And you may not see the, the, the fruit of this, uh, maybe not even in your lifetime. But that doesn't mean that it's not there. Mm-hmm. And there are a lot of grandparents that are stepping into the gap for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and I would hope that they would all take the same thing that the, your life, your life experience, your life journey has immense value. And and no. please sometimes rest on I that.
3: It, sometimes I I think if I had, you know, st- I, I've been doing this for seven years now, and if I had started when I was sixty, you know, I just had all this energy and. Um, <laughs> But, you know, probably, especially because uh, since six, well, part of my journey, uh, or, you know, with my son, I started before 60, but a lot of things happened after 60. And he did eventually take his own life, which, of course, is tragic. um, But just reflecting it. and uh, Oh... Sometimes I, I think I, I have difficulty just expressing to her, uh, what what I need to say. Sometimes I'll listen to somebody else and I'll go, "Oh yeah, that's what I need to say." Um, anyway, it's, it's,
0: you know, we're we're um, up against the clock, Anna. So yeah. I don't want to I don't want to cut you off at all. I really don't because what you're what you're talking about is so important. And I hope that we can continue this conversation. But I would, I would suggest to you this: if you could hang on to this in the last thirty seconds we have, it's not about what you have to say; it's about who you are, and who you are is enough because of what Christ has done in your life. And He'll make up the gap for anything that you feel like you might need to say. Just be, Anna. Just be. And I can't hear
3: without Jesus, but, and that He is thankful. If I want anybody to hear anything, God is.
0: He, indeed he indeed he is, and just rest in that. Just rest in that. okay? This is hope for the caregiver. This is Peter Rosenberger. we've got to go. We'll see you next time, Hope com. Thanks.
2: The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.